0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza and today I am joined by my two favorite stat nerds, Matt Harmon and Dalton Del Dan. Welcome gents. How do you feel? How are we feeling? Bye week here.
2: Uh, I feel good. I'm excited about the, uh, the deal Super Bowl in, in a week or so from now. It's going to be great. I'm I'm excited. I, I do I do feel bad for our Niners, obviously Dalton, but uh you know we're turning over a new leaf there.
0: Yeah, I'm moving on to baseball mode. I think you guys are just having me on for comic relief uh, to to, to in my <laughs> sorrows here because I'm yeah I'm still recovering. Honestly, I've shut off. Uh, skipped most of the pods I listened to and whatnot, uh, turned off the, turned the channel, been avoiding football the last few days because I'm a crazy person and my 49ers (laughs) lost. Comic relief.
1: (laughs) So the bulk of this episode is going to be news. We'll run through things. I'm going to double down on Dalton a little bit more. And then we're going to go through some prop bets that are available for the Super Bowl. So you can have an idea where you want to spend some of your fake money, real money, whatever. But first, um, Dalton. I'm going to, this is not on the outline. I'm going, I'm going off outline here. Jimmy G, I need your feelings. As a person who is not like talking about win rate and whether Mina Kimes is an idiot or Jeff Garcia's Instagram handle, like, I want to know how you feel. What a, what a guy, man. Anyway, I want to know how you feel about Jimmy G likely to leave the organization.
0: A bittersweet. I love the guy. He's all, by all intents and purposes an actual, genuine, good dude. Like uh, there are stories of, of of kids sending letters during COVID. He was like one of the only that sent it back. Yep. Um, a g- awesome farewell speech he gave. Uh, but it's time to move on. Obviously, Trey Lance is waiting there. And if there was never a game that was just so in your face that. Uh, Matthew Stafford was that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners could not overcome the difference in the quarterback uh, level of skill there in that game. And, you know, Garoppolo's just made some horrible interceptions. He was playing more injured that led on to, I will defend the guy, the YPA, the EPA. It's all uh, obviously a lot of the coaching help, but I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's probably more like one of the, you know, quarterback 15 range, maybe 20, whatever range in real life. And uh, I hope he lands in a spot that makes him and his family happy, but uh, it's Trey Lance time.
1: He doesn't have a family baby. He's got a, a dad. He, he's single, just for, if, in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> any speculation to that point about where you think he might land? I mean, listen, we're going to be churning this topic for months. But if you want to plant your flag early, where would it be?
0: No, I don't have a thought. I'm curious. Your guys is maybe I've heard in some Pittsburgh. um, yeah, and it's uh, established team. They're ready to win, but uh, I'm curious what the I've heard the draft picks. You know, probably not going to be as high as a uh, fans had hoped. But at least the the picks they gave up for Lance are now what turned out to the thirtieth pick as losers in the conference championship. But um, yeah, I'm very curious to see where he ends up. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's time to move forward. And, and you know, Trey Lance did get a whole year of experience behind here. I know people are going to criticize how this happened, but uh, it kind of was the the Alex Smith. And Patrick Mahomes model, and that just you know equals a uh, Trey Lance winning the MVP la- next year, right? That's what that's because that's what happened. I believe, yeah.
2: Boom! There you go. I feel like though the, actually the draft capital should be pretty decent, just because like the quarterback market we thought it was going to be so robust or whatever. But it's a bad draft class. Like people will be desperate. The morbid. Uh, thought I've had is that like the Panthers are definitely trading another high draft pick for Jimmy G in the offseason like and just keep churning that quarterback position but uh, I feel like Washington actually is a really interesting spot like they need somebody to come in there and just stabilize that thing and I feel like Jimmy G is the poster boy for stabilizing your quarterback position
1: Matt you and I are vibing that is exactly where I have him at the top of my uh, list of teams that would want Jimmy G as you're right just sort of a bridge a stabilizer I feel and everyone's talking obviously about Tampa Bay because of the narrative between he and Tom Brady, but honestly, Derek Carr is owed less money in his in the final year of his deal than uh, Jimmy G is, and I think Derek Carr is probably a more likely chance to land in Tampa Bay. Though honestly, like I would expect Teddy Bridgewater, who is an undrafted free agent, and uh, Kyle Trask to be developed um, in Tampa Bay. But I love that you mentioned the Washington Football Team because, like I said, we're vibing. I think that that's a great spot for for Jimmy Garoppolo, but also. They're in the news. It's not like they're ever not in the news. As someone who grew up in Delmarva, even though you're not a Washington football team supporter, let's say, um, you obviously grew up kind of close or with other Washington football team. I, You know what? I should stop calling the Washington football team because they have a new name. It's the Washington Commanders. I tweeted last week that they will be nicknamed the Washington commies, which is particularly ironic given the geographic location in which they play. So uh, Matt, what's your take on this new uh, face of the franchise branding for the franchise?
2: I'm going to kind of miss the Washington football team. Hey, I, I, I'm I'm sure everybody obviously got their jokes off when that nickname first got dropped. But the longer we had WFT, the more I like kind of grew to like it. You know, I think it just made sense. Uh, it was kind of fun. But, you know, I mean, they're obviously going to have a real name at some point, and and it is the Commanders. Uh, I I don't know. The reality with any, like, nickname discussion or any um, uniform discussion is that, like, in two or three years, nobody will care. Like, it'll just be part of our life, you know, and no one's going to be out there nitpicking the Washington Commander uniforms or whatever three years from now. Like, we're just going to be playing games. The one thing I'll say, though, the W on the front of the black, I think the black alternate helmet and I saw somebody put. I think it was um, uh, Everyday should, should Be Sunday Spencer on Twitter put like just said that that it looks like Wario, like the yeah. W. From, that's <laughs> tough to get out of my head. That that one's gonna that one's gonna stick with me.
1: Uh, yeah, that, I my I live with a Washington football team, a Commanders supporter now, and I have to tell you, like behind the scenes, he was digging deep in some subreddits and fully convinced himself. This is an intelligent man fully convinced himself. That it was a, a disinformation, that there was leaked disinformation all from the NBC affiliate, because that's where all the leaks were coming from. And that was the partner for the Washington football team broadcasting team locally. Um, and that, like, surely this isn't true. Like, and I was like, No, honey, it's actually just it evidence yeah. of the incompetence of this organization. Dan Schneider's in the news again, by the way. Are we are we surprised at all about that?
2: No, 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 no,
1: we're not. No. Because, Matt, you know, when someone shows you who you are, who they are.
2: Believe them the first time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Dan Snyder. All right. Let's move on to some other. This is a a heavy topic as well. Brian Flores, as we all learned, uh, shortly after Tom Brady announced his retirement. Do you remember when that happened five years ago? Anyway, (laughs) Brian Flores. Which time?
2: Which time? uh, (laughs) (laughs) officially,
1: Officially. But I feel like this, you know. Man, the NFL news cycle just continues to churn. And this one is particularly heavy and deserves a lot of weight. I would recommend Charles Robinson and Chalise, uh Manza-Young have done some excellent work on this topic. So if you want to hear more about it, please dig in there. We are a fantasy pod, so we're not going to, we're just going to say it happened. Um, but Flores is suing the NFL for racist hiring practices, specifically stating that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross paid him bonuses for losing games or offered to pay him bonuses for losing games and that the Broncos and Giants did not take their interviews with Flores seriously. Um, For what it's worth, all three teams have denied Flores' claims. Roger Goodell says the league will be investigating the matter. Elway showing up hungover to an interview. Bill Belichick texting Flores. Congratulations before he's ever had the interview. Confusing, I guess, brian d with brian f in his uh little text rolodex there
2: um i'm sure i'm sure he just has them as like coach brian both coach both brian, of them are probably totally. just coach coach brian in the in the in the context
1: so what what do you dalton we haven't heard from you in a minute any any thoughts on this
2: uh, good for Flores uh
0: to try to right some wrongs, it seems like. And this is gonna come at a real cost for him, too. I mean, I mean, this really it really could. Um, but I'm uh hoping the, that these wrongs are righted. And it, it seems like that's the Rooney rule, if it did result in him being embarrassed with that interview. I mean, yeah. I mean, this stuff needs to come to light in the old boys club in the NFL needs to deal with it, man. I mean, let's fix this stuff. I mean, it's good. That's good. Let's get us all out in the open and get it fixed.
1: I also feel like You know, the NFL is such a giant business, but it is a small business. It is run by 32 people, basically. And, like, it's wild because we think of it as this giant conglomerate, but it's a a weird business model for as much money as it produces. Um, I also feel like, you know, when, not if, but when Josh McCown is named the head coach of the Houston Texans, a job which prior to this prior to this um, lawsuit being filed, Flores was rumored to be a finalist for that job. But when that happens, I feel like that's the evidence that everybody, aside from the tanking allegations, like that is such, that's just so, so telling of so much of what is being no longer just implied, but factually stated in this lawsuit.
2: Yeah, I think that, Obviously, I echo everything Dalton said. You know, this is this is way past you. This is and this is the type of thing that like. They can put in all these, you know, Rooney rule, like the incentives and stuff like that. But this something like this is what is going to have to actually like enact real change. You know, Congress getting involved in like the Washington football team or Washington commanders or whatever. I, mean, the, the, I watched the clip. I watched a clip today. Uh, and even like the congressman was asking uh, the women questions about like how many times were sexual, they were sexually harassed. She was even like, I don't even know what to call this this stupid team. So, um, I mean, th- that type of stuff is how real change is going to get a- enacted. Basically, like this this type of thing. I guess has been talked about in league circles as like, you know, this. whenever this type of thing happens is when real change is going to actually take place. I will say too, the uh, part where Steven Ross was apparently paying or offered to pay Brian Flores $100,000 per loss and Flores said no. And that's really where this whole narrative that he was tough to work with got started. That's the type of thing that if that ever gets proven, obviously whatever Dan Snyder has been doing, is way, way, way worse from, like, a moral standpoint than paying someone to throw games. But, like, you know the NFL will actually care about that. Like, the integrity of the game, especially as, like, the league is full-blown going towards, like, gambling and Sports stuff betting. like that. yes, exactly. And an owner getting involved in in potentially incentivizing his team. And Hugh Jackson's apparently out there, you know, saying some of the same stuff happened to him, although, you know, it's Hugh Jackson. So, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. But, like, if this is true, that could end up being a situation where the NFL might force – Stephen Ross to to sell the team.
0: Yeah, it sounds like other people are coming forward, and there are there is some evidence here. Um, I by the way, Flores was winning. Uh, and he wanted Herbert, and the owner uh, was the guy that went to uh, I mean, he was winning despite that that big mistake. He's totally deserving of a job, and yeah, I mean this 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 all needs to be uh completely looked at.
1: Well, there were all of those reports, right? I mean, Matt, you and I spent I don't know how many video and social clips talking about. Uh, whether the tanking for Tua narrative that was being reported had any facts. And there were all these, no, guys won't tank. It's not a thing. You can't do that. And in fact, I feel like the reporter who broke that story now has r- sort of like told you, I told you this was the plan. My sources were right. And like, it became this unbelievable thing that, you know, as is at least allegedly now pretty believable.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is a, a really landmark thing to this is, this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about for the duration of the off season. Like, obviously, when the Super Bowl comes on next week, we're going to forget all about this stuff. You know, we're all going to do what we do, which is go right back into football and love this game. But then this is something that is going to we're going to be talking about all off season.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I think ultimately I agree with you. As we've seen over this postseason, probably one of the most competitive, alluring, engaging, exciting postseasons, week after week, game after game, that we maybe have had on record. The product of the NFL is so special, but if you start f***ing with the product, I don't know, man. (laughs) Now you got problems. All right, um, let's talk about Rams OC Kevin O'Connell. He's just 36 years old, by the way. expected to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings after Harbaugh decided he was going to stay in Michigan and uh, continue doing what he's been doing so successfully there. So, obviously... This cannot be made official until after the Super Bowl as the Rams are playing in it. But um, any any takes, Dalton, uh, your opinion on uh, Kevin O'Connell was a was played in the league as a quarterback like a journeyman for a while, was initially drafted by the Patriots, has obviously therefore given his background, been mostly a quarterback's coach, offensively minded guy, but does seem to fall under the had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay and is now getting hired (laughs) narrative.
0: Yeah, selfishly, I'm glad Demeco Ryan's declined a second interview. He's going to be a head coach very soon. I thought it might be as soon as this year, but defensive coordinator staying at San Francisco. I thought Harbaugh was going to Minnesota. That would be uh, entertaining, if nothing else, for the three or four years before he wore out his welcome there. Um, but yeah, uh, again, <laughs> self- <laughs> selfishly, That's I'm happy enough. that... Uh, that that uh that McVeigh's losing another coordinator, but boy, that his tree is coaching trees uh, looking quite impressive, considering you know the other one he's coaching against, right, in the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, they lost the D coordinator last year and now offensive coordinator. So um, yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend like I have any idea how it's gonna gonna work out, but I'm um, just yeah, impressive what McVeigh's coaching tree is doing.
2: I, I will say it sounds like that Jim Harbaugh went into this uh, his final interview with the Vikings thinking he had this thing i read the piece about in the athletic today i think chad graff wrote it up and he was like you know jim harbaugh went into this last interview like oh this is my job like this is just a little formality and the vikings actually never really offered him the job so this whole narrative that he went back to michigan like ah, i'm 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 going back to michigan it, it was more like the vikings actually wanted kevin o'connell the whole time um like you mentioned liz o'connell's drafted in 2008 uh he's he's a young guy um but he does. He did overlap in one year, uh, in Washington with Kirk Cousins, which I think is obviously something to to note there because they have to make a decision, a decision on yeah. Cousins' contract. Yeah, you know, and, and is O'Connell going to come in there and think, okay, I you know can work with this guy for a year? Um, you know, I think if harbaugh had come in there, it would have been clearly a um. Uh, it would have been clearly like, this is not a rebuilding operation. I can't quite say that, obviously, what O'Connell is is going to you know, dictate whether they are rebuilding or they are trying to contend. Um, but the the history with Cousins there as his coach uh, for a year in Washington should be uh, a factor in that, I think.
1: And props to the Vikings' new GM, Questia Mensa for actually not making offers before you've had all of the interviews. I mean, I do think this is <laughs> yeah. exemplary interviewing and decision-making skills but I like that you brought up the point Kirk Cousins because that was going to be my next question um and I think you've answered it unless Dalton has something different about whether we think with this move and given the overlap the despite it only being a year Cousins will remain at least in the short term the answer in Minnesota I mean Lord knows they paid him
0: I didn't know that Cousins connection good call there Matt um don't forget this team may have been whatever eighth or ninth in the NFC with record wise but they I believe led every game but one by a touchdown, at least a touchdown this year. I mean, there's a lot of upside yeah. there. So, um, I, I yeah, if they run it back with Cousins and uh, and if Aaron Rodgers isn't the, a part
1: of the division anymore, maybe you feel totally, like you got a yeah, little bit more yeah, wiggle room. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that coach, I mean, Zimmer was good defensively, but the, the, there was offensive problems. There are a lot of runs on first and, t- and 10. So, uh yeah, that's a scary team if you get an innovative offensive mind calling plays with Justin Jefferson, Bring Irv Smith back. Um yeah, that that's that's a oh, a, a team player. that I would not I be surprised about at all Herb Smith. if they yeah, they, me too. they could I mean, that defense, uh, uh, the, the Vikings are a threat to win the NFC next year. I'll just say that if they kept it together and ran it back, True. I really think they have a roster to be that. I mean, what I mean, what more can you say other than they let every game they played this year by at least a touchdown? I mean, all that other the one score games are just silly. I mean, that's just whatever. Don't look at overall record. I mean, that, that team was dangerous and could have beat any team this year on, on a neutral field.
1: So you're saying Kirk Cousins top 15 fantasy pick?
0: Oh, I don't know about top fantasies all differently. With everyone running top now. Of the oh, yeah, in, in real life about that, sure. There's a lot of nice players around him there. I mean, that's a deep team. That's a good defense, too, that was projected to be very, very good before injury struck this year, too.
1: All right, let's go to uh since I mentioned fantasy, let's move to a fantasy adjacent and talk some Super Bowl props. Um, our colleague Frank Schwab wrote an article outlining 10 of the most intriguing Super Bowl props available at BetMGM. So we're going to work off of his list, but I encourage you to go check that out on, as Matt would say, the website. Um, as luck and tradition would have it, the most bet prop in the Super Bowl is which quarterback will score the first touchdown. So we're going to start there. Joe Burrow at plus 4,000 or Matthew Stafford at plus 6,600. Dalton, who are you taking?
0: I think it's the most bet uh, because people might be getting confused and they're, they don't realize that they, this means that Burrow or Stafford has to run in this touchdown to pay off the 40 to 1 or 66 to 1. So, uh, yeah, I would probably go for a receiver or a running back here. But, yeah, it's whatever. It's the Super Bowl. So you're going to go after long shots. But, uh, yeah, the odds of Burrow or Stafford running in the first score of this game are probably greater than 40 to 1, truly.
1: I thought it would mean the first quarterback to throw a touchdown. No. No? First quarterback?
0: You're getting forty to one. I mean, the odds are forty to one and sixty-six
2: to to one. See yeah. here.
1: Well, look at you. D- did you think the same thing, Matt?
2: <laughs> no, it's got to be Burrow, right? If we're running rushing touchdown, and you know,
1: wait he, he a second. Did take though. off a
2: decent. He did take off a decent amount last week.
1: Hold up, but Matthew Stafford accounts for every single touchdown that the Rams had had over the postseason, including two rushing scores.
2: Yeah, he has been on that Brady uh, QB sneak plan. This postseason, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: I, I think. I mean, I, I would probably say Joe Burrow here as well. Let's let's assume I was right for a second, right? Like, which quarterback do you think is tossing the first touchdown, even if they themselves are not scoring it at the line?
0: I would pick Stafford
2: four four and a half point favorites at home. Uh, yeah, I would. I would. I would lean Stafford on that one. Matt. Yeah, I agree. I agree too. Like unbelievable pass catchers right now. Yeah, I'd go with the. Uh, I'd go with Stafford as well.
1: Interesting. Over uh, Stafford has about 251 more passing yards on the season than Burrow. But remember, Burrow sat week 18 and Burrow has actually averaged exactly two more yards per game. So it isn't even split. I'm going to go Joey B. That's probably a little foretelling or foreshadowing in terms of my overall picks. But let's move on to that same point over under Matthew Stafford passing yards at 279.5. Over under, Matt, 279.5 for Stafford.
2: I think I'm going to go uh, over on this one. I just really – I like uh- – I like the way Cup sets up in this game, obviously. Um, you know, Beckham has been playing unbelievable as that like ISO X receiver for them, really giving them like another dimension to this offense. I think this could be a really big Matthew Stafford uh, game overall. I-, I like the way that the Bengals came out in the second half, obviously, of some of the ju- the adjustments that they've made. A lot of the, that, that has been a huge talking point coming out of the AFC Championship. But you have to remember, they came with a pretty dumb plan in the first two quarters. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes diced them up there. So I think this is a defense that is pretty gettable. They've got like, they're, the Bengals defense is just so interesting because it's like this crop of kind of solid players, but no, like, real true superstar, I don't think. Maybe Jesse Bates, maybe Trey Hendrickson, but um, for the most part, I do think this is a gettable defense for Stafford and the poise right now.
1: Matt, that is called um, when a team, when the sum is better. Oh, shit, messed it up again. <laughs> yeah, that's why I never say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right dalton um joe burrow over under 276.5 passing yards
0: i agree with matt on the over for uh for stafford even though the rams have been running heavy a neutral situation since acres came back dudes averaged 294 yards at home this season and that protection the offensive line la should just give him plenty of time burrow i'll go the over too. Um, normally on these, I, I tend towards the, the the under because the public's betting over. But I actually could see both these teams really relying on their quarterbacks uh, and struggling to run the ball. So um, I, I'll go over on Burrow too. Let's, let's hope. His has major splits. Man, on the road, he averaged 232 passing yards at home, 331 passing yards. But obviously indoors, good environment, and the receivers. So give me the over for, for both QBs passing.
1: Well, then if you guys are both taking the over on Burrow and Stafford, are you taking the over on the game, which is currently at forty eight and a half?
2: I'm not taking the over on on Burrow. Actually, I'll, I'll go under oh, on okay. passing yards. Um, under on just, Burrow,
1: over on Stafford.
2: Yeah, correct. Uh, and I, I think I'll probably go slightly under on the on the, the game total overall. Dalton. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I think the
0: public will be on the over, and um, I see both these. I could see the Rams jumping out to a lead and then slowing it down. So even though I could see the QBs getting some yardage, I see a lot of field goals uh, in this, more field goals in this game. So I'll go the under.
1: I, I, I really liked where it was at when it opened around forty nine and a half, fifty some places. I would like to see it go back up to like forty nine and a half, and then I'd probably take the under. But I think I'm still going to stick with the under overall in the game because. You know, more people betting on a tentpole game like this. And you're right, Dalton, the public does tend to take the wanting a bunch of fireworks in a ping pong match. And you can't blame them as it's such a popular, you know, uh, pop culture event. Um, speaking of pop culture, I mean, what receiver better uh, identifies with pop culture than OBJ? His receiving yards are the, the line on him is 64 and a half over under that for game day.
2: Give me over on this one. I feel I feel good about this one. I feel good uh, on the over on this. Beckham's been playing great. I mean, he played great as an individual in Cleveland. That was obvious. Uh, and now that I think he's fully integrated into like the actual flow of the offense. You know, he's always been a guy that's been getting separation consistently since he uh, since basically from 2020 on, but uh, now he's doing it really like, you know, they're not, they're not like designing shot plays to Beckham. They're not designing plays to him. It's like, especially these last two playoff games, but particularly against the 49ers, it's like, Stafford knows now that Beckham is that backside receiver running the backside digs, the, you know, the corners, the curls the stuff like that. Like he he's he knows that he's there and he knows that he's open. Um, Having that as an, an extra dimension to the offense, like two guys in Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, who just like can't really be covered one on one at this point. You know, I think that Beckham's in line for a pretty big game here as well
0: it's not supposed to work that way in sports trading for the superstars and then winning the title that year. It usually doesn't, but boy, it's worked out that way for the Rams. I mean, Vaughn Miller has been attacking the quarterback like crazy. These last, this last month and Beckham, Boy, there's no concern at all about trying to force him the ball. Like I think there was a the first game there, there was footage of like McVeigh basically just trying to make sure he got the ball. But that hasn't been an issue at all. In fact, Van Jefferson's now hurt. Tyler Higby is hurt, so they need Beckham big time. Not to mention obviously Robert Woods, uh, being out forever. So yeah, Beckham's impressed. I'm I hear you, Harmon. So he's uh yeah I would not push back for the over considering I, I'm saying Stafford's gonna gonna have success. So yeah, man, Beckham was a great addition. And um, yeah, there's, there's some entries there because Van Jefferson and Higby are both banged up.
1: Well, I think the public is going to be with you on that as well, especially coming off of a 113 yard performance, his first 100 plus yard outing since October of 2019. My goodness. And he's average, wow. including that big <laughs> wow. game. He's averaged 78.6 yards per game over the postseason. I think I'm going to take the under on it, though. I mean, this isn't about touchdowns. He might score a lot of touchdowns, but I don't know if he's going to clear 65. And also, I feel like we're a little bit inflated um, after that complete announcement, like re-announcement, re-emergence last week. Maybe that's going to linger in someone's head a little bit, but certainly good points made all around. Let's talk about the team's wide receiver one, Cooper Cup. I mean, we got to keep talking about it right now. The over-under on his, like in the Super Bowl, just think of like contextually, 102.5 yards over-under, like that is a wild number for people to be sweating. Like I'm sort of like, I guess so. But in the Super Bowl to go over 100 yards because you've just been doing it every damn week, are you thinking you'll take the over or the under on it, Dalton?
0: Yeah, who's fading Cup though in the Super Bowl right. 100 yards what he's done <laughs> yeah. at home? I mean, who's, who's betting the under here? Even even though I said that's this, this quote, you know, the, the, the sharp way, even I, I'm like, no, you got to go over on Cup. I mean, the guy's unguardable. You know that not everyone in the stadium knows where the football's going. Third and 18, he's catching a
2: touchdown. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Cup is the man.
1: Matt, I assume you're in agreement.
2: Yeah, you either bet the over or you don't bet this at all. Like, yep. Don't don't sit there and do that to yourself. Like, because c- it can be the entire game. And then, you know, the last couple of drives or something, he gets over this total. Like, yeah, you don't either either bet the over or or just completely stay away from it.
1: Oh, a-, a few stats to contextualize this. Over the last two weeks, he has gone over well over 100 yards, Um, you know, 183 and 142 against it is interesting. Against the Cardinals, though, in the wild card round, he only recorded 64 yards, which was the, his second fewest receiving yards on the season, save Week Four, I believe. Also against Arizona, only 61 yards. So it looks like only Arizona has the number has his number there. So I agree with you, Dalton. Like I don't know how you can't expect him to go over 100 when he's like blowing that number away on the regular. Speaking of Cooper Cup. All right. A little bit weird because we always know that generally the winner of the Super Bowl MVP is the quarterback of the winning team. But there is a prop here because Cup has been so outstanding and dominant. Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP at plus 600 odds. Dalton, I see you Mullen.
0: Yeah, that's not a horrible one. I'd like to look look at the rest. Maybe Chase. Uh, Yeah, if there was a, a time to pivot away from the quarterback. Oh a cheat a cheating way to bet on uh like the Patriots back in the day instead of betting on the Patriots, you could usually get better odds It's betting on Brady to win m v p and usually they do go hand in hand, you're right, but um cup would be definitely an anomaly there because he's had such an amazing season, two thousand yards so I could see it plus plus six hundred that'd be a fun one sure
2: yeah, I think you know this could be the type of game where you know Julian Edelman gets it a couple of the, the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, I could see um Cooper Cup having that type of game. You know, and maybe it's a little bit of a makeup uh, award because everybody, all the big brain folks are like, yeah, Cooper Cup should be uh, he should be the MVP, even though he's not a quarterback. Like, you know, th- this is the way to make it up to him. He wins the Super Bowl MVP.
1: I still don't think it's going to happen if the Rams win, not with Matthew Stafford in his first year with all of the off-season hoopla about. How much Sean McVay loved him, how much Kyle Shanahan loved him, like the narrative of him moving from Detroit to like prove himself, I think will, and the tradition will overpower Cup. But if anything, I wanted to include this prop because it is such a testament to (laughs) what Cup has done this season that it's even being thought of, right? Like it's like, well, there's a possibility. Jamar Chase, let's talk about him. He's also pretty darn good and there's a pretty great narrative attached to him this season as well as a rookie. Jamar Chase to score and the Bengals to win. So a little combo, a little sneaky way to bet the Bengals if you will as well at just plus 240. Matt?
2: I mean, yeah, if you're if you think the Bengals are going to win, when I I I would be, I would take the Bengals plus 4, but I think I would pick the Rams to win straight up still. But if you think the, the Bengals are going to win, this is absolutely a good way to to kind of get yourself a little extra dip there too because it, it look i think jamar if they if Bengals are winning jamar chase is having a good game i think he's like the most interesting player to bet on too because like his over under catch total right now is five and a half at minus 150 obviously there's you know minus 150 and, and that's not ideal or whatever but nevertheless like i think he is going to be oh no sh- no shock here you know he's going to be <laughs> a crucial part to the Bengals game plan, but not necessarily just as like a vertical receiver. Um, Think about, you know, running all of, all those like curl routes, some of the, the the stop and go stuff against the the Raiders in the first playoff game. That was the last time that I thought, man, the Bengals uh, offensive line could be a big, big problem going into that matchup against the Raiders with some of the edge pressure that Max Crosby brings. Obviously the next playoff game, Joe Burrow gets dropped for nine sacks against the Titans and they still win. I feel like this offensive line is going to be a huge problem against, um, against obviously the LA Rams. So I think getting the ball in Jamar Chase's hands quickly, you know, a lot of short receptions, maybe, um, some screens and stuff like that to try to make some big plays while not necessarily hunting downfield. I would take the over on his catch total at five and a half there. And, and so yeah, but if you think that the the Bengals are going to win, I think this is a really good way to, to group this together.
1: I also think, Dalton, I'll let you answer in a second, but to your point, Matt, about the obvious, like this is a a war that's going to be won in the trenches very much. And it's very clear where the weakness and where the Bengals' weakness lies and where the Rams' greatest strength lies, as good as the offense can be. I mean, that is the matchup, right? Um, But as you mentioned, we saw the Titans try and fail at getting that uh, to work for their behalf when Burrow was sacked so much. Um, I do think you're right about having to get the ball quick. And if you imagine Aaron Donald's coming at you, it's not, yes, Burrow will be sacked a bunch, but think about the throwaways. Think about the scrambles. That is going to make third down conversions all the more important, which is why I feel like, and I won't be on your Super Bowl show uh, podcast next week, but I assume you'll talk fantasy then. I am loving Tyler Boyd as a sneaky play, a value play in DFS next week. He is actually... Um, throughout the season including the postseason has been burrow's second most targeted receiver on third downs and he's been more efficient than chase in terms of converting and catching the ball on third down so there's a little stat If y'all build your dfs lineups next week that's a player that i like a lot as like a a value play because he's been overlooked and he hasn't really you know done much over the postseason after having quite a run down the final month of the season
0: And you could say Boyd will be on Ramsey will be on Boyd and uh, delving into the nerd stats as a Niner fan last week the Rams are number one in win rate their defensive line so just so good at the line of scrimmage so he may have to Burrow may have to be quick and get it to the slot for Boyd I like the nice call there but yeah Chase and Ramsey will be fun to watch for sure but I'm with uh, with Harmon I feel more comfortable taking the four and a half points than I do the money line here
1: feel that okay will the game go into overtime yes or no it's the Bengals
2: it's the Bengals plus the the Bengals yeah uh I'm, yes is plus 900 like why not just to just why not just take it you know you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy it more where's mcpherson for the mvp that guy's the man that guy's not missed yeah. that kicker yeah
1: girl i take him over over matt gay matt gay looking a little bit shaky mcpherson's sure. yeah yeah oof all right now let's move to some of the more quote exotic props that means fun pop culture pops, right um exotic That's that's the phraseology used, the exotic props. So I'm asking you exotically, who will the Super Bowl 56 MVP mention first in his speech? Will it be his teammates Uh, giving 125? God, family, city, coach, owner, none of those. Obviously, the odds uh, increase as we go down the line of options. Uh, Matt, teammates, God, family, city, coach, owner, none.
2: I mean God's always a pretty safe bet. That guy gets a lot of pub this time of year. Um <laughs> teammates though, teammates at minus 125 it's just such a safe bet. But I do I will say the sneaky one to me here is City yes! at plus 500 because um, especially for look for both of these teams, but um, the Bengals obviously if it's if it's Joe Burrow up there, you know he's an Ohio guy, born and bred, right? Like, or maybe, but maybe not born, but you grew up in Ohio, so yeah. like, there's the connective tissue there. He might he might go ahead and reference the city of Cincinnati. Uh, you know, there's all always like we're trying the to the Rams win it.
1: They're at, they, at home. Yeah, you know, they're at home
2: the the home crowd here, even though that will be total BS, or it will not, it, you know, it's always like a wine and cheese crowd for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's not going to be like a bunch of rowdy Rams fans in there spending three thousand dollars or whatever it takes to get a ticket. Uh, but but still, the the Ramley does well. That count, you know, the city, all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, I think that's that's my favorite bet.
1: All right, Don, I'll ask you this one first. How many times will Roger Goodell be shown? let's also factor in everything we opened the show with. Um, how many times will he want that. to be shown uh, over one and a half times or under one and a half times, over is giving 125 and under is giving 105.
0: Yeah, I go the over here. That's why the juice is a little heavier there. There's so many things in the news. Yeah, I think that they will. Uh, they're going to show him at least two times. I'll go with. Uh, yeah. And I'll say Stafford is a family man. I blew it with Jimmy G. Yes, you're right. As single as can be. But my vote would be Stafford's going to win the MVP and thank his family.
1: I think so. After his wife went through brain cancer and everything, yeah. I mean, I, 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 they I bought like
0: it. 300 tickets last week too for the to get Ram fans. That was pretty cool. They bought uh, like just a giveaway to the give local Rams fans, too. So, yeah, those are all good guesses. though. But that, that's my official one is the, is the family Stafford man. All
1: right, Matt, I have to come. I, I line this up perfectly. I have to say hosting goals for sure. This next one is made for you. How many commercials will have a dog in them? Over six and a half giving <laughs> one fifteen at plus 115, or under six and a half giving 115 minus 115. Uh,
2: yeah, give me the over on six and a half. People are into dogs these days, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not having kids, so you know, there's
2: <laughs> damn right.
1: <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> them <laughs> that down the road. Yeah, <laughs> Don't Dal- do you have a dog?
2: We do, we do. You
1: yeah. do yes. what's its name? No, I did not know that. I didn't either,
0: Toby. Kobe. Kobe. What
1: kind of dog is it?
0: Uh French Bulldog.
1: Oh, that's cute. Oh, that you're the, a
0: Frenchie guy. Isn't that love the that. kind I of like dog
1: that like gets uh, stolen everywhere and Lady Gaga's dog uh, walker yeah. got assaulted that because is it's the a dog fancy that dog? Lady,
0: that is correct. Yes. Uh we had a boxer and uh he died and we moved we we decided a an indoor dog, and the kids got a smaller dog that stays indoors. So yes, a Frenchie that yes. Oh, Lady love, Gaga's love dog Frenchie. Love uh, a Frenchie. They are super, super
1: cute. That smushed uh, face I don't have a dog. Mine died, too, and I still, I'm still i still heartbroken. I can't quite get over it. Anyway, that is why we all love dogs, though. I think um, I would love to see as many dogs in as many commercials as we can, so I, too, will take the over. All right, last one. This is for all of us. Even though, Dalton, you're not in L.A., you still got that left-coast, west-coast vibe. You're near-ish to Humboldt County, so I'm going to go to you first. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage?
0: uh west coast is the best coast yes yeah, snoop smokes on stage i oh, didn't even get plus 200 on this it's like they're giving away money come on yeah come on yeah snoop d-o-double g yes he he does yeah, like
2: absolutely up, yes. give, giving away money <laughs> i was so surprised that i guess you know it's uh, in the nfl it's a family it's league, an indoor stadium
1: but,
2: f- football is family after all but still
0: you know, a breeze did shoot through there actually at night. That's a weird stadium, man. It's a, uh, it's like half indoor, half out. It's, it's, it's weird. Didn't they actually have to stop a game because of lightning? So is it really? Yeah, there was yeah.
1: a, a, I, a, I think that was, was a Chargers did. game. Yeah. There was a yeah. lightning delay. Chargers
2: Raiders. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That there Monday night game. But I don't know what the, what the like fire marshal rules are because they're, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an indoor stadium technically so i don't know if you're allowed to smoke like you know although it's snoop and i remember him like definitely not
2: allowed to do it but that doesn't mean it's not gonna happen i i
1: I, I don't think he's gonna do it i remember when he got arrested after like the tonight show or something for like sparking up (laughs) and the like cops came on his like dressing room door and he was no all right I, i don't i don't think he can but I, I do appreciate that you both took the yes and and pl- at plus two hundred. So, all right. Well, on that note, hope you all are feeling really relaxed. I sure am. That's going to do it for us this episode. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can follow Matt at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Dalton at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. We'll be back next week with a full mega cast preview of Super Bowl fifty six. Until then, we're out.